Welcome to Hallel Fellowship, found on the internet at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. We hope you are encouraged by the following recorded Bible study to look deeper into every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and how they were lived out in the life of Yeshua HaMashiach, often called Jesus the Christ. Leviticus 16, Leviticus 16, of course, where we are introduced to the nature and process of how Yom Kippur works, the process of it, of how it's functional, and the mechanism of which God used to address our willful sins and transgressions and iniquities. So Yom Kippur service is unlike sin offerings. Sin offerings are sin offerings for things you accidentally did or didn't know about. Uh, when it comes to things you did know about, because we all have our weaknesses, we all have our I know I shouldn't do this, but I can't help myself moments. And so us have those rebellious moments. That I don't want to do it. You can't make me. Those, those types of sins are classified in the transgression iniquities category. Your ordinary sin offerings are not permitted to address those sins. They don't work. Um, so willful sins, willful transgressions, willful uh, iniquities, those are things that are not taken care of by just some, some offering saying, you know, Jesus, forgive me and move on. Or, or, or some offering of an animal. In this case, it is once per year where deliberate sins are addressed. And deliberate sins, of course, are discussed in Leviticus 16, which is where we're introduced to the concept. Uh, the concept, of course, of using goats and cattle, but uh, the, the nature of goats and cattle will be explained shortly. Because obviously, how this works out. So I'm going to go through the entire uh, sequence of the Leviticus 16 because it covers the high priest, it covers the individual citizenry it also covers of course the 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 uh, items the anointment uh, certain specific items within inside the temple and tabernacle i'm um, covering all of those coming a little narrowing down in, spe- in specific areas to uh to the people themselves because that's what addresses us as individuals but to make a little bit here we have to cover a few a few basic uh, uh groundwork here the big 16 going to, going back to starting out in verse one now Jehovah spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered the profane fire before the Lord and died. And Jehovah said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come simply at any time into the holy place into the veil before the mercy seat which is upon the ark, lest he die, or will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy, holy place with the blood of a young bull as an offering and the ram as a burnt offering. Now pause there for a minute. Note everywhere you see mercy seat, that is the kapoor. It is the covering, mind you. It's not the actual seat seat. It's the cover, which is the, we get the term Yom Kippur from, the day of covering, or the day, day which you were covered. So this is the, the mercy seat refers to the covering. That's why it's grouped up here into day of a covering, the atonements. He was to put on, verse 4, the holy linen tunic, the linen trousers on his body, and he shall be girded with a linen, sa- linen sash, with linen turban, he shall be all attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which he himself is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his household. He shall take the two goats and present them before Jehovah at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for Jehovah and the other lot for the scapegoat. 
and Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord or Jehovah's lot fell after and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat to be presented alive before Jehovah to make atonement upon it and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. We'll pause there for a minute. So as Aaron obviously has to take care of his own family first because you cannot have a, a, a high priest offer sin offerings if he himself is not clean. Once he, his house is clean, then of course then you can offer the people. We, we learn right across this with obviously the failure of Eli. Or Eli, if you recall the story of Eli and his two sons, uh, and the failure of taking care of his own house, his sins of his sons and he and his sons addressed and added to the sins of all the house of Israel. And God killed him and his sons for it. Same, because you failed to restrain your sons in book and uh, book of Judges, or sorry, book of Samuel. Failed to restrain your your sons, you will be held accountable for it, and therefore you die for this. So we learn the high priest's actions are directly affect the nature and the, the actions of the people themselves. So we learn that high priests take care of themselves first, prior to addressing everyone else. We run across this again. God puts that many many times, and obviously in the nature when He deals with says, "I will clean my own house first, then address everybody else second. So when we deal with the book of Revelation, for example, or any of the salvation, as Messiah himself said, he was sent to Judah first. That was he went to first. He didn't go to the aboriginal peoples of, uh, of, 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 of Australia, right? He went to Judah first. And then he told his disciples, your jobs go out to the lost house of Israel. Now, it didn't say to everybody, not the whole, not the whole Gentiles of the world, said that all the disciples go to the lost house of Israel. So to address your in-house problems first then you can address other people's second that's a principle of the whole plank in your eye speck in your brother's eye same problem address your own house first and everybody else second this principle is carried throughout our torah about messiah's instructions it wasn't until apostle paul showed up before a gentile is really addressed there was a one woman who did speak to messiah say hey i know i'm a gentile but I, even dogs get crumbs and yeah that's true you spoke well i will address this one issue for you but that was an exception. He's, he, he, he specifically stated he went to the house of, his, of Judah first, and then the disciples, minus one, died. <laughs> the disciples went to the house, uh, all the house of Israel, the rest of the lost tribes, and the apostle Paul went to the Gentiles. So the address was addressed in-house first. So Aaron dresses in-house first before he dressed anybody else. We call them hypocrites, those who fail to do so, right? We call them hypocrite, who fixes you and not yourself do what i what i say not what i do that's the same principle right so we dress in house first moving forward i'm going to skip part of the atonement for the priests um actually maybe i shouldn't scratch that i have to cover that because that, that comes up later in ezekiel so let's uh continue on verse 11 and aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering which is for himself and make atonement for himself or for his house shall kill the bull as an offering which is for himself and then he shall take the censer full of burning coals of the fire from the altar before Jehovah with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. He shall put the incense of the fire before the Jehovah, the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat of the, the Kippur that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat and upon the east side, and before the mercy seat he shall sprinkle some of it, the blood with his finger, seven times. Uh, I'm going to skip the atonement of the tabernacle section because that's a separate issue. We'll deal with it later. Jumping down to verse 20, addressing the people themselves. For when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle meeting, the altar, and shall bring the live goat. And the Aaron shall lay both hands with the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, put him on the head of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. 
The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of reading, shall take off the linen garments which he had put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. He shall wash his body with water in a holy place and put its garments come out, put, put on his garments put on his garments, come out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offerings of the people and make atonement for himself for the people. The fattest in offering, he shall burn the altar and he, sh- and, he sh- and he who released the goat as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes, bathe his body in water and afterward he may re- come back into the camp. The bull of the sin offering and for the goat of the sin offering whose blood was brought in to make atonement for the holy place shall be carried outside the camp and they shall burn it in the fire. Their, their skins their flesh, their offal. He who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. Now this will be a statute forever for you in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls. You shall do no work at all, whether a native or of your own country or a stranger who sojourns among you. For on that day, the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be cleaned from all your sins before Jehovah. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you. You shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. And the priest who was anointed and consecrated to minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on linen clothes and the holy garments. Then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting and for the altar. He shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the congregation. This should be an everlasting statute for you. Make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once per year and he did so, and he did so, as the Lord commanded Moses. So that's an introduction to atonement, the functionality of atonement. What is its purpose? It says quite clearly, it says the, the function of it, the reason why you do all this, as it is the, uh, the, the reverse uh, 30. It says, for that day, the police shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be cleaned from all your sins before Jehovah. That's the objective of atonement, whether it is a a bull offering for the priest or with a goat offering for the people or for the the, the different blood for the blood the, the bull that's used for the uh the tabernacle which we didn't cover that today today this time it's all one function to make you be cleansed let you answer the question but think about yourself how on earth does an altar become dirty how does the tabernacle become dirty how does the objects which cannot sin of themselves, a physical structure, a piece of wood, or a piece of cloth, how does it become unclean, full of sin? Touched by somebody? That's an idea. Maybe touched by the, the priest who may have been unclean? I have a question for you. Don't answer this. <laughs> sometimes we sin, right? Sometimes we realize it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we fool ourselves, too. By knowing full well you did so on purpose, but pretend you didn't recognize it, didn't realize, didn't notice it. Oh, it was an accident, didn't mean to. But in your head, sometimes you actually, yeah, okay, I kind of did know that. But yet we offered an offering. I mean, we went to God, oh, we went to Messiah, cover the sin, move on. But you did it on purpose, even though you don't admit it. So if I offer, let's put yourself back in time, 3,000 years ago, and I made a sin, did a sin, whatever it was, and I convinced myself, mind you, our brains are extremely good at rationalizing ourselves to anything imaginable. You can imagine it, your brain can convince you it's true, even though it's dead wrong. makes a difference. So our brains are very good at God made them extremely powerful. So I can convince myself that I did something accidentally, 
Though reality is, God knows better. I did it on purpose. I can offer an offering, whatever, to the, quote, accidental sin, the unintentional sin. But in reality, it was intentional. So what happened to that offering I just gave? I just spilled innocent blood on a piece of equipment that God owns and pretended that it took care of me. As the Torah points out, when you kill an animal with, with incorrectly or insincerity, you're just spilling blood. You're guilty of murdering the animal. God doesn't want that. So I can bring a false sin covering. I can bring a false Messiah, so to speak, if I use him as an example. I can say, well, Jesus, I didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. It was just an accident. Had no idea. Whoops, I've learned. I can treat his offering as a quick fix. I can also, on the other hand, do the opposite. Treat his offering as a cherished thing rarely ever used. So both of them are not necessarily good. There's both ways of doing things. So I can make an, an, an offering, an altar, supposed to cover a sin that I did, believing or convincing myself it was for an accidental sin, but in reality, it was a purposeful one. Which is, I did a false. I did it insincerely. I was fake about it. Made the other people around me look like I was doing it real. I made it pretend all the appearances it was real, but it was not. It was, in fact, internally on purpose. Therefore, this offering I'm giving is of no value. I now contaminated the altar of God. Now, the high priests know. Other people around me don't know. But I do. And God does. So God knows that I've falsified my cleansing. I made it fake. So it makes it obviously contaminated. So you can make things contaminated. The high priest, of course, you all have to do other things too. You can, we won't we'll go through all the details. You can offer an animal that you know is ill and things like that nature. Which, and other things you can do as far as manipulation, which is obviously also evil. Which, of course, Amos talks about that a bit. We won't cover that today. Discussing giving an offering or giving an offering in order to get the job done and move on because you're really not going to fix or address your problem. You continue on going out through, through your routes. And of course, Isaiah covers that same topic too. Using the outside of the inside, it was not addressed. So all these offerings have no value until they actually apply internally to you for what you're trying to, trying to address. So there's both uh, lying to myself. Rationalization is a, a very common one. That at least that I've run across. Maybe not the rest of you do, but I don't. I do. Um, as well as the, 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 the insincerity behind the offerings. So I have a question for you. I uh, don't answer this, but just think about it. Uh, in going to look back to Leviticus 16, going down to 21, it, wrote it, out, it recorded out here, it said, And Aaron will lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning their, all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it away to the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. So, the, 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 the high priest has a, a function here in this process of this live goat. He must confess his sins. Note, he did not confess his sins on his own offering. On the bull. The offering of the bull was not done this way. So this addresses his own as well as being sent on all children of Israel. Does the high priest know all of your sins? Not even close. Not even close. Do you have an inkling of what some of them might be? Oh, probably. Can he possibly confess them all? No. Well, if I go about my day on Yom Kippur, say, well, don't worry, Jesus took care of it, the high priest took care of it, and I do my thing as if nothing's changed. I'm failing my job. Let me give you an example. Let's pretend you, that we were back 2,000 years ago, and there was a high priest. Real man, we'll call him Bob. 
Bob the high priest goes out and he, he, he does his, his offering on the, uh, his confession on the, on the goat and whatever he's confessing. I know internally, I may live in some of the cities, some of the town, whatever, it makes, makes a difference. Know that Bob will take care of this for me. But Bob will do the, he'll, he'll dress the, 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 poor, the poor goat and he'll kill it off and I'll move, I'll move on. Will life be good? But Bob doesn't know what I did last week. But I do. Bob doesn't know what I was thinking about two months ago, what I planned, what conspiring thing I did, knowing full well I was doing it wrong, I wanted to do it anyway. But I do. So if I just say, well, Bob will take care of it, what am I doing? I'm not actually addressing any of the things that I did, things that I wanted to do or tried to do. See, Yom Kippur we can pass it off on a high priest. Okay, high priest, you take care of this. You, it's all yours, and I, I'll just hang out and do my thing as if nothing's around, because you, you'll, you'll take care of it for me. But in reality, Yom Kippur is honest, not about the high priest doing the work, though that is a large portion of it. It points out, you shall afflict your souls. Why would I afflict my soul in this town while Bob does all the work for me? The whole purpose behind it is to, because Bob doesn't know about your personal sins, Bob doesn't know about your personal transgressions, your iniquities, what God and you do. The idea of afflicting your soul is to reflect and repent and talk to God about it. There's a long-standing tradition, been around a long time, the story, more accurately, that's tradition, it's a story, that uh, the high priest would obviously, when they cast the goats, they would say, okay, I'm going to pick which goat goes to God, which goat goes to the scapegoat, they would choose which one was. They use it via the casting lot process. And they use the lot, and they would stick their hand in the, bag, in the bag or a box and they take their hand out if it was a if the hand came out black, black they had a black and a white one, black white stone. The black stone came out the right hand side, that was the goat here, was going to God. Out of the left hand side, that one was the one that was offered. Or sorry, it was, was sent off sent off the wilderness. And they would do that and, and they would choose they would just randomly pick one up, but it was always one way. If they picked because you have you know fifty fifty shot, right? Which one it going to be? It was always consistently the one way until if you if if the wrong stone was pulled out first, meaning it was to the left versus the right. The implication tradition was God did not erase or pay for your sins that year. I mean, you guys are not sincere about it. Not, not you mean you in the audience, but the people of the, of, of the people at the time were not sincere about their iniquity, not, not address them genuinely. They're faking it, lying it, making it look like real, but it really wasn't. And anytime it swapped, they say, wait a minute, something's wrong. This year, the people themselves or the priests themselves or whoever it was or many people weren't sincere about their screw-ups. And the high priest then knew either somebody, either himself or somebody in the audience or somebody out there in the country, enough of them said, yeah, I'm good. In fact, they weren't. The high priest can't fix it. He can't make it go away. He can't switch it. It's already been done. But he knows something's wrong. So it happens, in, 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 in tradition, of course, stated it happened 50 years in a row. The wrong stone was pulled. Starting from the day which Messiah died onward. 50, 40, 40 years in a row. But at that point onward, the wrong stone kept getting pulled. Uh, and the, tradition, it was the other way. The stone had switched, switched and said, it said, okay, something went wrong here. The people were not sincere about it or the, God did not accept their offering of repentance. Uh, yes, Larry, your, your, uh, your hand is up. How do you get a left and right again? I didn't. Oh, so that. you have a go to the right hand side of the, of the priest and a go to the left hand side of the priest. 
whichever is he pulls his hand in the first which to go to the right supposed to be supposed to be white puts his hand in the back the, the black bag can't see it that both stones are identical he pulls one out if it's white the right hand side that means that's the one which god said this is i'm accepting or receiving or, or accepting your your offering your, your your genuineness behind your your day of atonement the, the offering which you're giving if it pulled out black on the right god's saying no i don't accept it now it's just true tradition but for i think it was the uh, simon yeah the pre, the high priest simon when he was high priest it was a 30 year span i could be off on that i forgot the number of years it was he was high priest it always showed up the white stone on the right for 30 straight years in a row no he just pulls out his always white stone on the right hand side which is statistically highly unlikely for, 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 for all those years in a row and then after he died the next high priest if you recall correctly it was intermittent sometimes white sometimes it was black it varied a bit and then after Messiah died it was consistently black every time uh, and so that was a, a, a problem they said that, that now granted a problem not that the Torah talks about it but in Jewish rabbinical literature they said something's wrong something changed from Simon the high priest who was the high priest when the Greek uh, what's his name the Greek conqueror I think the great when the great came in he was high priest at the time so from, from his point in time was he was righteous he was, he was called Simon the righteous he was righteous and it always came out clean correctly that is meaning the people were genuine or he was genuine you could argue who, who who's who but then afterward from that point forward it fell down and went worse and worse and worse and degraded down to a consistently for black 30 or 40 years in a row yeah yes this is the choice between which goat is offered to god as a sin offering which goat is sent off in the wilderness that that was a choice that's a, that's that's the cycle which they, that, that's the lot drawing process so bring that up the whole point behind it was that the priests themselves may or may not be aware of the sins of the people their job is to confess it but reality might not necessarily know it but who does know it the individual people know it so whose job is it then to actually confess your sins it's ours it's our job the priests know them can you do a generic one you know please forgive us for the sins we committed against uh, our neighbors by changing boundaries or things like that you know, sins we actually read out in the Torah he addressed those specifically but he doesn't know about well I didn't change my neighbor's boundary I did something else I coveted my neighbor's, my neighbor's wife or whatever I, I wanted something that I shouldn't have done those are sins that I know about the high priest doesn't know them but I know them whose job is to address them? me it's a one-on-one relationship it's me I'm supposed to address them I, hence the afflicting your souls yourself afflict your own soul now if for some reason so, 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 as we, so, so because the priest doesn't know the details of these sins it's our supposed to know the details hence why you afflict your soul to address and address your, 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 your issues to God the nature of, of fasting but uh, if there's inside of the heart of the individual a failure to confess or accept their their mistakes and actually address them to try to fix them to improve them why did you bother wasting your day of atonement you could have gone to work today why'd you waste it why about just spinning around and, and not eating for a day you could have had a party eat drink be merry for tomorrow we all, we all die you know what's the difference if you're not going to address those things the issues are failures then you're wasting your time you're wasting your breath wasting your effort 
a life unexamined is not worth living, right? You're not willing to examine your life every year. Look back, okay, and I'll, be, I'll admit, some things I forget. But over every year, I get reminded, okay, this past year, how well or how poorly did I do? Where are my weaknesses? What do I need to address and fix? Hence the nature of Yom Kippur. All right, I, I, I get it, Messiah, you'll cover these mistakes, but I can't keep making them. And assuming every year you just fix it again and fix it again and fix it again and fix it again. Have you ever broken something? Had to fix it and it breaks again? You thought it fixed it better and it still breaks again? <laughs> you get tired of fixing it. Eventually you replace it, don't you? You want to be, be replaced? Do I want to be replaced? No, <laughs> I don't. So if I'm going to be fixing something and it keeps breaking, what value is my keeping it? I should replace it with something that doesn't break so easily. A better quality one. We buy it. I have appliances that burn out all the time. <laughs> so, washing machines, dryers. Uh, I burnt a lot of appliances. Yeah, yeah dishwashers. My wife's rattling all off. A whole lot of things have broken. And yeah, I usually try to fix it the first time. Eh, tweak a little bit here. What do I? You know what? This isn't worth it. I chuck it and buy a new one. Well, okay, we're people. If we're not going to address our screw-ups and fix them, and then it'll just keep break again, again, and again, and again, put yourself in God's shoes. Yeah, he loves you, but reality is, he, he made us too. He made human beings also. You got to get tired of the same mistake, same breaking thing, over and over and over again. Sometimes, he may say, I'm setting you aside. I'll put somebody else in this position who does a better job. It doesn't break so easy. Now, he may come back and fix you. I'm not saying he will or won't. But replacement is pretty common. We replace things pr- frequently. Even if something is broken, we could replace a broken part. <laughs> so that means the component's broken, replace the component. So things do break. People, people fail. So if we address the same Yom Kippur issues every single year, you have your question yourself, question yourself oh, wait, well, am I actually improving Am I getting better? Am I, did I do a better job? Did I actually address my screw-ups enough to okay, I can try to improve this part of my life? I'm not asking or talking about improving everything. We're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not machines. We're not that perfect. But each address, each failure, okay, I have a consistent problem here. How do I address my consistent problem and make get over that one? Then I'll move on to the next one. If you're not willing to address those issues, you're wasting your time. I'm wasting my time fasting and talking to God and saying, God, forgive me, when I know I'm going to do it all over again. I'll just repeat next week. God forgive me. What good is that? You're not broken. So along this lines, as far as uh, confessing your own sins and discussing what it discusses here, as far as the, 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 the afflicting your own soul, the visual given to us by the high priest putting on his hands and, on, the, on the animal and confessing this and such, that visual is designed to, 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 to put these sins upon the goat and then banish the goat to the wilderness where no one lives Hence, the idea is that the sins are carried away from you, the responsibility of them, the punishment that goes with those sins. Because mind you, iniquitous sins, the punishment is normally death. Because you purpose, these are rebellious ones. These are rebellious things. Because, okay, it's not that the sin itself vanishes, the punishment for it is taken away off of you to this animal, animals taken from here, from humans, away from humans to wilderness, cast off, not dead to say, but they did, they did kill you eventually, out of the wilderness where their people didn't exist. So the responsibilities for their failures we carried from you to a place where it is not where you are to where it is away from you. That's the idea. That's the visual behind it. 
If for some reason the high priest decided to skip a step, the whole thing's thrown out. It's all worthless. It's all done. It's all damaged. So let's say the high priest forgot to lay his hands on a confessed sins. It was it, well, he just slipped his mind. Well, again, it's like human beings. Same difference. We skip a step. We chose to not address the failures. Try to not address the problems we need to fix. It, 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 does, it, does it count then? Does it still work? No, it doesn't. Again, so fasting for the sake of fasting and not addressing our screw-ups, not addressing our weaknesses, what value is that? It's a waste of our time. A waste of everybody's time. A waste of God's time. Don't waste his appointed time with our fake sincerity. Call it word. Is it fake sincerity? What's word? What's disingenuous. <laughs> That's a better word. What a word. You can have fake sincerity. Disingenuous uh, 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 actions. Uh, let's see here. What do I bring up to you, uh, which is a indicative of our high priest? So, symbolically speaking, the high priest confesses the sins of the animal, obviously, and taking them away, then the high priest has to change his clothes. He takes off his, 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 his linen, his all-white garment, takes them off, and goes and puts on ordinary clothing. So he changes his body. We have the, we have the concept physically, because we as human beings do it with clothing. Well, spirits do it with body versus spirit. You change bodily form. So our Messiah did the exact same thing, other than, but not in clothing form. He changed the flesh body off to a spirit body. It's the same principle, but he can't do that with ordinary men. Only he, he could do it th- at that time. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you'd have a lot of high priests every year go through because they would die every year. So the idea is to take off your old spiritual body and put on it with a new one after your, with these confessions. The process of confessing does this act. You are admitting your mistakes. You're admitting your failures. Once that's done, the high priest then takes off his clothes and puts new clothes on. Was that washed? Yeah, he washes too. So he's, he's yeah, right. You're right. He, 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 I forgot about. It. He's washed as well. He bathes. So he, he, after the confession process, he himself wash takes his clothes off, washes, and puts a new garment on. So he, he's now a new man. He's a new creation, a new thing again. That was the idea. That's the visual we get from Yom Kippur. It's obviously symbolic of the high priest changing from physical into spiritual form as far as the, 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 uh, the spiritual concept behind the image of what we're seeing. Now also the man who leads the goat in the wilderness also changed form. So he's taken the sins, it's in his possession, he transfers to the wilderness, comes back, he has to change his clothes and wash and come back in. So the sins are gone. He now, now that he carried them away, he now symbolically changes form. He's like Messiah changed form. It's all symbolic, of course, but that's the intent behind it. We're supposed to see the symbols. So we're seeing that the man that carries away, Messiah carrying away, also when he's carried away, he changes form the same way. He, quote, dies, and a quote, dies, comes back up in a different form. New clothing, cleaned, nice and happy and, con- and content. And also the man who then takes the ash, the burnt offering, carries it and burns them. He also, once they're burned, he has to take his clothes off, wash, and put new ones on. So he, everything is transferred. This, this is a transferring process from one appearance, your outfit, your clothing, from one appearance to a whole new one when you're done. And the old one, is pointed to the old one must be left behind. The high priest case, case where you must leave it there. You can't take it with you. Hence the idea of, of dying and leaving your body behind. So the whole process is to be cleansed from your soul, uh, for, for your sins. So the, the, the symbol, the, these visuals are for people to see the same process we're supposed to understand and do internally. We confess our own sins, our own mistakes, our own iniquities, our own failures. Now change your form. Change our appearance. Change how we live our lives. Make us not look like we once did before. Again, back to the sincerity. You, you, are we sincere about it or are we just wasting our time fasting for nothing? Because we didn't like food this week, or maybe we just ran out of, out of money and decided not buy food. It's all, all ridiculous for things. 
Now, the process, this is, this is a, 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 the process which the high priest does this uh, to afflict your soul and humble yourself, do all these different, different things. It's a responsibility that we are reflecting. We're reflecting our responsibility of doing this task. Our job is to take the responsibility of these confessions, this change of our form. We are absorbing them on, putting them on, and we're addressing it by afflicting our souls, the idea to change our own form. Hence, the tradition to wear white, you don't have to. It's tradition. The idea is to change your form. The, 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 the prophet points out, make your, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. The idea of taking what was once opposite to make it clean again. That's the imagery. That's where first, that, that is our goal, our objective going back between this process. Um, so we have this idea of this, this, uh, uh, this, this transition point from going from one to the other. Now at the same time, we also have, this is a, Hebrews talks about this one in particular, which we'll get there later. Uh, in this, like I mentioned before, unlike other sin offerings, we get a sin offering of an accidental, unintentional one, didn't mean to. We have an offering, the high priest eats a part of that offering. Well, in these offerings, high priest does not eat any of it. No one benefits from these atonement offerings. Because do you benefit from your transgressions and iniquities? No. Does your high priest benefit from your transgressions and iniquities? No. He benefits from your mistakes, accidentals. He, he consumes a small amount of that, but the rest of it's burned up. But the, the, these, are, these, are, these, are, these are purposely taken away. As Hebrews points out, the, the, this, is, this is taken out from the, 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 the high priests are not allowed to consume this because no one gains from this. This is, a, this is a problem that is not addressed through your personal dietary fund of, of, of consuming food. Rather, this is, a, this is addressed through your relationship with you and God. So no one gains from it. This is, this is not an offering of giving. This, is not a, this offering is also is not described as a soothing aroma. God is not pleased by the smell of this particular burnt offering. Hence, it's brought out to the camp and burned out there in the ash heap. It's not, he's, it's not a pleasing, not a blessing, not a kind, not, not a great thing he's pleased with. Other offerings he's, he's pleased with. They're soothing aromas, but not this one. This one is taken outside. He's not pleased by it. It's just a process which must take place for our own iniquities. Are we pleased when we have iniquities? The idea being no. I mean, don't get wrong. I realize we all enjoy things that we shouldn't be doing. That happens. We all have our weaknesses. But the point is, this is not supposed to cause pleasure and enjoyment in our lives. The idea is that we, we screwed up. Yeah, it may have been, quote, fun, to quote, during the time of screw up. But once you're done, realize, wait, this is a really bad idea. It didn't turn out so well. We're not supposed to gain and, and enjoy the process. Else we go into to, to a, 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 a depraved mind if we, if we go in that route. This, we don't benefit from it. It's not a blessing to have these types of mistakes, these of, of afflicting souls. And do, we, do, we, do we enjoy the idea of Jesus dying on the cross for us? Well, no, we don't enjoy the process. Right? Is that a blessing? Yes, but is it an enjoyment? No, we're not ruthless individuals. We don't like the fact that he had to go through this process. That's the whole point of, of, of your sincere relationship with you and God. But he had to run into this process. He, had to go, he decided to go through this process to get through because that blood that he offered obviously addresses the, symbolically speaking, both the Passover lamb, but in particular also through, in, in different ways, the goat offering. So, but the high priest had to do it voluntarily. So our high priest, sorry, go back again, 3,000 years ago, flesh and blood human high priest. We have Bob, the high priest. He goes in, he does his offering, right? The goats, the the bulls, whatever, whatever he's offering, the the cleansing of, of, of the different things. He's doing so willingly and voluntarily. Now, for some reason, he can't do it. Somebody else is taking his place, but he's, he's doing this as his responsibility. This is his job to do. So, 
This is not an easy job. Now imagine yourself in his shoes and he's coming up and he pulls these little stones out and the wrong one comes up. What's going through his mind? Did I screw up? Or did someone else screw up? Did enough people of the United people, of the Israelites, did enough of them actually, are they sincere? Or are they faking it? And I don't know. I don't know who is sincere, who is not. I don't know who's real, who's fake, who's lying, who's telling the truth. I don't know. But every year he has to go through the process. All right, so this year we'll go through this process and God does not address, does not forgive us these iniquities because we're not sincere behind it. And he knows it. He knows it. He doesn't know who necessarily, but he knows it. He knows something is wrong. Something failed. We as a people failed. So I can do a better job, try to preach, talk to do a better job, improve, try to make people do a better job. Let's, 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 uh, let's put more ideas in their heads, but teach them differently, improve their education, what they have to address. Maybe next year God will take care of this, do a better, and, and, and receive our offering. That's the idea. We'll try to improve the people, teach them better, be better examples, uh, try to make, try to make new instructions or additional instructions to improve their lives, to make them, make them get where they are not. And hopefully next year, we'll get there and God will, will, will receive our offering. Hence, it is the natural human instinct to say, okay, well, I failed at this. How to make it better? I'll put more restrictions on myself. I'll try to make myself a tighter knit, a tighter boundary, do a better job, which is not saying wrong with that to say on yourself. It's on the people maybe, but on yourself, it's not saying wrong. You can put the restrictions you want for, for, for what you need to help your own personal weaknesses. But the nature of the people is a little difficult. But when, it, when, it, when, it, when high priest does these types of things, he, he runs across and feels these, these failures. He knows it's a failure. doesn't know what it is, but he knows it's a failure. Now, Aaron ran across this too. Now, we're not the same exact reason, but back in Book of Numbers 16, when we were, those of you who recall, when uh, the people were rebelling and the, the plague started, he had to go up with an incense, a censer, with smoke. In, uh, he put in, uh, Moses told him, put incense in the, in, the, in the censer and run into the plague that was that was coming up to people. And he stood there, stopped the plague right where he's at, so a whole bunch of people died, but he's, he, he ran toward the problem. That's the kind of high priest we want. So if you're back in Bob's shoes, oh, hey, Bob, here's a problem. Run toward it. Run toward the problem. Seek out and figure out how do we fix this? What has gone wrong? That's good. You want a high priest to run toward the problem. Aaron ran toward the problem. Messiah ran toward the problem. The sins and iniquities. Messiah ran toward the people who needed help. He points out to, to, to the, uh, the Pharisees, those who are well have no need of a physician. Those who are sick need a physician. Run toward the problem. Those who are sick, those who need help, run toward them. So he ran toward them. That's how I appreciate you're after, one who runs toward the problem. So you have a, see a problem, you see this issue, we run toward it. Fix the problem. Address it as the high priest is supposed to, supposed to address. We want that kind of high priest. And by the way, uh, number 16 is what covers Aaron in, in his running in. So we had the example of this high priest who ran toward the problem. Now in Aaron's case, he ran toward death. Now did he know for certain this plague would not affect him? No. He may have guessed it wouldn't, but he didn't know. He ran toward death to address the problem. Again, another symbol we have, obviously Messiah. What did Messiah do? He ran toward death to fix a problem. So we have this this, this, uh, this, this uh, mechanism of this unintentional screw-ups, the, 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 that's incorrect, so of, of purposeful screw-ups, purposeful rebelliousness, 
that the high priest to address purposeful rebellion, he runs toward the issue, not runs away from it. He addressed it, not, 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 not to leave it behind. Eli, the high priest, failed to address it. He ran away from it. He hid from his sons and didn't want to talk to him about it. They want to address their failures. He ran away from the problem. And God said, I'm carrying, holding you responsible for their scrubs because you're failing to address it. So Eli did, ran away. Aaron ran toward. Messiah ran toward. The idea is to run toward the problem, not to run away from it. These confessions are important, but the high priest doesn't know all of them. But he sees there's a failure, sees a problem, address it and find it. Seek it out. While it's doing due diligence and seeking out the, 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 the issues here. Let's see, we'll jump to book of Hebrews. Discuss this, Hebrews uh, 9 and 10. My notes here have two separate distinct topics uh, that are related for this, but I, I probably won't get to the second one. I think one's probably sufficient for today. Hebrews 9 and 10 discuss this. We're, we're talking, the book of Hebrews, by the way, addresses a lot of topics uh, in, in the priesthood as far as how it functions. But in 9 and 10, we also t- talk about a particular issue regarding the, uh, the Day of Atonement, in, focus on Day of Atonement, how the process is supposed to work. So it goes from 9 all the way through. Um, yeah. So sorry, chapter 9 of Hebrews. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and begin in, in, in verse. Uh, verse 1. Then indeed, if the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and earthly sanctuary, for a tabernacle was repaired at the time, the first part in which was this lampstand, the table, the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holy, which had the golden altar of incense, the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides of gold, which were the golden pot and the man and the manna, the Aaron's rod, the budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in deep, great detail. When these things had been thus repaired, the priest always went into the first part of the sanctuary, performing the services. But the second part, the high priest went alone, once per year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and of the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of alls was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, but rather only the foods and drinks, various washings and fleshy ordinances imposed to the day of reformation. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. He did not go in with the blood of goats or calves, but with his own blood he entered to the most holy place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. If the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of heifer, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant, and by means of death, for the redemption of, of the transgressions under the first covenant and those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Stop there for a minute. So basically, in, in, in a basic nutshell, um, we have these symbolic visuals of the bulls, the goats, and such, flesh, flesh failures, um, but it, 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 it pointed out that the, those flesh items are just addressed to the flesh. Messiah's functionality, though he did do flesh, he died in the flesh, he addresses your spiritual failures. 
So let's go back to our example we gave earlier. So we have these issues of a person says, okay, yeah, I was insincere in my addressing of my failures. I was not sincere about it. I'm not really confessing too much. I'm not really changing anything. I'm not really improving it. Uh, I'm going to go about my own regular life. Uh, that's not the kind of person God wants. Again, that's a broken washing machine problem. You have the same problem. Same problem is not being addressed. Well, I can address my physical ones in these goats, and these bulls and such, but how to address internally? How to address my inside spirit that says, okay, now actually fix it. Now actually do something productive, something valuable, something purposeful. Address it and, and take care of my failures. Actually change what I'm doing. Those are harder to do. I'll admit that. It's hard to do. Uh, I can, the physical ones, I can stop them temporarily or even permanently in some cases. But change in my internal behavior, my internal desires, they're a lot harder to do. They don't, they don't just change that quickly. It's, it takes a lot of effort to make those changes happen. So in this instance, we have a, a, a physical one which already existed, and that was fine at all, but didn't do it internally. Well, internally, it's another word of internally is used spiritually. It's the same thing, same process. So internally or spiritually, he points out that Messiah was supposed to address that issue, spiritual failures, that Though you may do your physical ones, those are just physically, it doesn't take care of your spiritual problems. So because spiritual problems is your conscience, the things you always know. I, I, I didn't fix this. I knew I lied about it. I did not, was not sincere about my failures and my mistakes. I'm not actually gonna, going to work on them and actually do my, quote, New Year's resolution. I'll fail it next day. It's not, there's no sincerity behind it. It's our failures. So Messiah's death, the whole point is to address those failures, those internal problems. This is not a pass, and I can do what we want. It was a address these failures that, all right, you're not going to succeed internally every time. We have to address those internal ones. If we don't address them, your spiritual ones or internal ones, you will, succeed, you will fail every time. Have you ever solved a problem that didn't solve the root cause of the problem? The problem keeps coming back, doesn't it? Because the root cause is the problem, not the actual symptom. We call them band-aids when you fix the symptom. Well, the root cause is what you want to address. How do you just root cause? Well, it's an internal problem. Your spiritual values. What made you choose that transgression that you knew you shouldn't do, you couldn't resist yourself? What made you not resist? That's an internal issue. What made you choose your rebelliousness? Because you said, no, I'm going to go do it. Well, how do you, that, that's an internal problem. That's not a physical flesh problem. That's an internal one. How do I address my internal ones? I can address my physical flesh ones, but how do I make myself not go through the transgressions, not the, the, the can't help myself type of sins, or the I'm going to do this because I'm mad at you sins. We all have done those, right? How do we address to make those not come back? You can't make them not come back, but you can address them through, your, through our Messiahs, how we address those ones that, 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 that drive that. We're supposed to you know, love God with our heart, mind, soul, and such, but reality is, if we fail to address these internal problems, we are failing to love God with those items. So the, 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 those are the components of us. So this, that's the nature of Messiah's job, is to address your internal failures. Now, he points out here, he goes into this, uh, the, the, in, in Hebrews, uh, verse uh, 16. For where there is a will, there must also be necessary the death of the person who wrote the will. For a will is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the man is still, still alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. It's a, it's a will. 
For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with the water and scarlet and wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and the people, saying, This blood of the covenant is with God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled the blood, both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Therefore it was necessary that, one, that, that the copies of the things that are in heavens should be purified with these things here on earth, but heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these earthly ones. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the actual true one, but rather in heaven itself, now to appear be the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He would have to he would have had to have suffered often since the foundation of the whole world. But now, once the end of ages, he's appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as is appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. So those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for the purpose of salvation. Do you remember verse uh, 10? For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach them perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. The worshippers once purged would have been had no more consciousness of sins, but in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible with the blood of goats and bulls of goats take away the sins. Therefore, when he came into this world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. A, in burnt offerings and sacrifices of sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come, and the volume of the book is written of me, to do your will, O God. Pause there for a minute. So we have obviously the, 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 the nature of the, the physical addressing of these failures. So I have my goats, my sin offerings, whatever, I'll dress up my, my, my back, go back to our example with Bob. Um, so Bob did the, 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 the goat offering, he did the bull offering, he dressed them, and this year it turned out white, it was the right color stone. Oh God, thank you, 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 you dressed my sins, I, I confessed legitimately, oh, you, we were sincere about it, uh, I, was, I, was, I wasn't wasting your time on your appointed time, your appointed days. It worked, great, and then tomorrow came. Now what? Now I'm back to where I was started again. Just addressing the physical problems, it's a band-aid problem. It's a band-aid solution. We don't address the root cause. So the nature of this is that is, is the, the root cause is the, as he points out, the lack of doing the will of God. See, it points out in the, in the volume book, in verse uh, 7 here, which is a, a, a quote, um, in the volume book is written to be, to do your will, God. The objective is do God's will. So the objective, if, if, I, if I address my root cause problem, will my washing machine still work? Yes, I addressed the root cause. It was an electronic failure or whatever. If I address the root cause, the issue, it will continue to function well. If I address the band-aid, will it continue to function well? No. It might function a little bit, but not really well. It might get limp along, but it's not going to function well. The addressing of these, of these band-aid fixes, of the bulls and the goats, or band-aid fixes, to address the screw-ups, the past, the history, it does address the root cause. The root cause is the objective. That's Messiah's job. Address the root cause. The people who were sick, the physician, those those who were actually sick. Not to fix the problem, not to fix the band-aid, but rather to address why are you sick? How did you get here? And how do we walk you back where you came from? That's Messiah's job or how, how he addressed it. 
Um, so hence he pointed out that go off and sin no more. You stop the process, improve the prove the outcome by changing the route which you you you're putting in what you're what you're what you're traveling to get to, to get there to begin with. <clears throat> so the objective is the root cause. Of course, root cause of these problems are failure to do God's will. His point is it's written by me to do God's will. That's how we fix root cause is failure to do God's will. Uh, verse eight. Previously saying the sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings often sin you do not desire which it which nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according by the law. But then he said, Behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Pause. If we, if, if we address the root cause, does the first solve itself? Now, in a washing machine example, it doesn't, because washing machines break. But as a human being, as a flesh and blood person, it's a living thing. If we address our root cause, will that address our failures? Yeah, it does. If I have... Uh, a, a, a failed uh, internal health issue and it manifests itself on external problems arthritis, skin problems some internal health that's causing problems externally if I fix the internal problems your body wants to be well you cut yourself, what happens? your body tries to heal it your body desires to be well so if I address an internal problem of the internal core of the body it wants to heal itself. It's desires to heal itself. It will address the failures on the outside. So if we can address the internal ones, the outside ones will repair themselves. So I give the example of the whitewashed stones or, or you clean the cup on the outside. On the outside, you're not doing a good job. You have to clean the inside and the outside becomes clean afterward. And I'm not, this is not a physics example. The idea is that address the internal problems and it will manifest or work its way out. Uh, the actually we've this with dentists recently um dentists point the same thing out our teeth failures are because the air internal health is is poor if your internal health is good it heals the tooth from the inside out so everything works the inside out if you address the internal cause it will fix the outside problems that manifest themselves so this is the, this is the nature we're discussing here um so he takes away the first meaning take, take away the the external problems by taking the, the the core the internal one the second one is points at verse nine that we will have sanctified uh, by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Messiah once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeated the same sacrifice which can never take away the sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for his for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And that time waiting until his enemies made his footstool. By one offering is perfected forever those who are to be sanct- being sanct- those who- forever those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us after this, for, for, the God, for God said, This is the covenant that I shall make with them after those days, says Jehovah. I'll put my law into their hearts and in their minds. I'll write them. He adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to the enter the, the holiest by the, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest of the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience of our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now for taking our assembly together for as he mannered some but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching 
if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and the fire indignation which will devour the adversary. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies at mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more worse, the punishment do you suppose, will he be thought worthy of who has trembled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sacrificed a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him, we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says Jehovah. And again, Jehovah will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Recall the former days which after you were illuminated you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by the reproaches of tribulations and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated in such way. And you had compassion upon those in the prison and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Do not cast away your confidence which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and will not tarry. Now just the just shall live by faith, but anyone who draws back, my soul has no pleasure on him. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. A lot lot, 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 lot of big words there, uh, rattling off the same basic principle. That, so, if you address the root cause problem of person, and then that person, okay, I address my root cause problem, I know what it is, and the person goes back and breaks the root, causes the problem again in that root cause. They, they purposely say, I'm, I'm going to go back and to re, recreate the error of the root cause. And the same error, same problems show up, the same failures show up, and they wonder why. Well, you know how to fix it. You chose the fixing was not what you wanted. You wanted the degraded lifestyle our bodies, our, our, our lives we're having on this earth. We've chosen a lifestyle that was worse because we liked how we lived. We enjoyed the process getting there. Oh, I, I won't go through all the different health issues people go through. The point is that Whatever the issue may be, if you address the root cause, the idea is once you fix the root cause, you're back as, as Adam and Eve, so to speak, were prior to their sin, um, that you're now healthy and strong. You can address and address and take care of anything. Well, if you say, okay, I address the root cause, I can now fix my external problems this way, but I don't actually want to. I don't want to pursue these external problems this way. I don't want to fix my root cause. I know what it is. I don't want to do it. Now I'm back to Yom Kippur. Fasting for the sake of fasting and not addressing any of the sins that I ever did. I'm not fixing, I'm just wasting my time fasting on Yom Kippur, expecting the high priest to fix everything, and it's a waste of his time and mine. Knowing full well, I'm not going to change. Right? I mean, how many of us are in that boat? Have been there many times. We've all been there. I don't want to change. You have a comment, Larry? Uh, Jeff, you what that must require is a lot of consultation with the physician. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, it, it, it's, uh, uh, I, I know I'm a human being, and you are all human beings. We have our strengths, but we also have our weaknesses. 
And sometimes weaknesses come out when we don't want them to. And sometimes we don't care because it's not relevant. But sometimes when it is relevant, the weakness comes out and it manifests itself in a very poor way. Well, it, it, it's, I, I don't see this as works for everybody. But each, each of us have to put up our own, I usually like this term, but it is, it's, it's true, our own extra boundaries with inside ourselves prevent us falling into weaknesses that we tend to, tend to fall into. Uh, for, for, for people like my mom, uh, avoid potato chips. She cannot have potato chips in her house. She can't. She can't say no to them. So they're not allowed inside the door. Just not allowed. She doesn't walk down the picture aisle. She's just not allowed. So it's, it's not that it's illegal to buy them or to eat them. The point is that she knows her weaknesses. She, okay, for me personally, there's a boundary I must put up because I know this is a weak area of mine. It is, is a cause of many failures of, my, of our own personal health. So she knows I'll avoid these things. So I'm using that as a, as a flippant minor example. But the idea is that anything like that, you may put upon yourself, okay, I know here's a weakness of it. There's a spiritual weakness in this area. I have to address it regularly and prevent the situation from coming into my world. For more serious issues, for example, uh, which is common for a lot of people, or pornography issues, well, something okay, I have to avoid the computer at all, or, or, or make it not here in my world, or I have to avoid the internet, or I have to avoid this, or whatever the case may be, I'm making a boundary upon myself that prevents me from falling over this cliff. So these are, these are internal problems that we address spiritually as well as physical, and that prevent the, the problem from showing up. So I have maturity and strength. When the bomb does show up, it's so old I don't care about it anymore. And that's a valuable place to be. When you've gotten to the point where that's an old problem, I'm so used to ignoring it and saying it not exists. Whenever the problem does show up, it's like, you discard it and move on. Now you've grown. So these internal problems that Messiah is dealing with, he, the internal root cause problems, they are root causes, but they can come, we can slip back into them again. We caused them to start with. We weren't born with massive health issues. Well, okay, some children are. Most are born with massive health problems. It's over time we create them in our own physical. We know that physically we eat poor or we don't take care of ourselves. We know our physical bodies start deteriorating. We know that happens on, on just, we can see it in everyday life, our own personal lives. So we can, we can see the, the physical example God gave us that, hey, if you don't take care of your body, your body falls apart. Well, spiritual example, same way. If I got a spiritual issue, I know what the root cause is. I know how to fix the root cause problem. I don't maintain and take care of that spiritual issue the root cause shows up and I fall apart. It's the same principle. It doesn't change just because it's a spiritual versus physical. The process is all identical. And Messiah's objective here was to address the the, the root cause issues, your spiritual issues. That's what drives us. We have our hearts, our minds, desires, but reality is the desires of your heart is spiritual spiritual issues. That's what drives you. I, I want this. I want that. I desire this thing or that thing. Yes, we have lust of flesh too, which is for pleasure issues, but reality is your heart drives you to do something. Your mind just has, your mind actually is an opportunist. Your mind says, hey, this sounds like fun. <laughs> your mind's pretty quick, but your heart actually is a driving force. Well, in, in, at least in Judaism that is, as far as how the biblical authorship is written. Your heart drives you. So, so if, you, if you address the spiritual, the heart issue, the spiritual issue, then theoretically speaking, you're driven the opposite direction over there instead of where your sins drive. That's the idea behind it. Can you swerve? Yes. Do you want to? No. If I'm going this direction, I could swerve backwards. Woo! I can redrive. I can't though. I have to keep the goal in mind. It's that way over there. 
Hence, so your comment about always readdressing with your physician. Always maintain the goal. The goal is that little, the little, the little tree there in the far corner. Keep going. That's the goal. Yeah, there's stuff in the road. Keep going. That's the goal. That's the idea. So you will continuously have that, 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 that addressing need to maintain your root cause, your objective way over there along the way. So the high priest pulls out the stone as the right color. You don't want that color to be responsible to that. Ooh, that was me. You don't want that. The high priest doesn't know. The Bob doesn't know. Why is it black? You saw the black and said, oh, oh, I know why it's black. I did something. I was not. I'm, it's my fault. Now, you're not the only one. I'm sure a lot of people look at the same black and say, oh, it's my fault. <laughs> but many people who looked at that and said, yeah, that was my fault. But that's the idea. It's supposed to strike your heart, your driving force. Oh, no. God found out. The <laughs> thing is, you know he's going to know. You know anyway. he knows. Yeah. My problem is I don't trust myself. I almost don't want to repent because I know every time I've done it in the past, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like I'm, I don't want to tell him something that I know I'm going to be insincere. I'm sincere right now. I really, really want to do it. But in a week, I don't know what I'm allowed to do. Exactly. So I was, I was grateful when, 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 when uh, Yaakov, James, addressed that issue. Uh, when he said, okay, guys, uh, uh, there's, there's a continuous cycle that goes through this. But uh, in, in, in his topic, as far as when he, when he addressed uh, the man who looks in the mirror and recognizes himself, oh, yeah, I look great, then forgets once he walks away and comes back to the mirror again. And the, the whole, the continuous, uh, the, 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 the surface appearance as far as flesh and, and, and examining. But uh, James, James, James pointed out that there's, there's an inherent problem here as far as how people address their, address their failures. And so he pointed out, and he used the example, a very simple one. So the Lord willing, I'll meet you tomorrow. The Lord willing, I'll be there at this point in time. He always, he, he, he wasn't doing that, be, trying to be, you know, a stickler about, you have to say the Lord willing. He was using his example, realizing that, okay, I can't even control whether I'm going to walk out my door tomorrow morning. So how do I think I'm going to control I can do anything else? That was the point of his example. See, if you can't control the fact that you wake up tomorrow, you cannot possibly control all your actions throughout a given day, week, or lifetime. So it always the Lord willing, when James, you're going to have to have God's help to get you up tomorrow morning. You're going to have to have God's help to get you through any one of these failures. So his, his, his objective was the Lord willing. Okay. It wasn't a, you can look at it as on the surface, oh, well, you know, I have to be, be pay attention to God's in charge of everything. Well, yeah, that's true, but that's not the point. His point is that you don't have the strength, the willpower to do anything. Messiah pointed the same thing. Worrying can't change a, hair, a, a, a single hair on your head, right? You can worry all you want. I can try my best. You can't do anything because you can't do anything effectively on your own. It's of no value. Both Messiah and James put the same principle that reality is God has to actually carry you through this. And if I try to keep driving that direction, down, keep driving to the road, keep going that, I'll go that way, I don't want to go that way anymore. Um, what if my car is stuck in reverse? I hit the gas pedal and I go backwards. I've hit the gas pedal, but I'm aiming that way. Well, if I don't change the car to go forward, I can't go that direction. I'm not, not driving forward anymore. I'm going reverse. Do I hit the gas pedal all I want? So I have to actually have the mechanism to get me through to the point of my destination. The mechanism being this car, being God himself, getting you through the direction. Is walk you through it. Yeah, is it easy? Of course not. Will you be addressing it every single day? Of course you will. That's what's supposed to be. It's, it's a normal, normal sequence of events. So, 
The gospel go bad. That works too. <laughs> no, no, keep keep it. Going. Yes, you have to stay close to him. Uh, it, it, well, to be fair, it's the same question. I, I fire back at you. How close are you to your heart? Right there, really close. Are you? Does he, did you get any closer? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's possible. So that's your driving force. What drives you to do something is your heart. So it's and it's internal. You can't pull it out. <laughs> you can't set it aside. It doesn't work well when you do that. Credit, I do have the mechanical heart. So we're not discussing the mechanical details. You're, you're, you're very, very close to your driving heart. Well, if you need that driving heart to drive forward, your, your heart drives you forward, how close does God have to be with it? Because your heart is your spiritual drive. How close does God have to be with that spiritual connection to that heart? He has to be right there inside of it. So you're not going to succeed unless he's, he's there within the driving mechanism, the method of which going forward. Hence, Messiah did this whole process to make this happen. Those who are sick need the physician. Those who are healthy don't. Those who are strong can drive forward pretty well. Yeah, they may swerve a bit, but reality is they can still drive pretty forward pretty well. Those who are weak can't. They don't have a very good driving force. Their, their heart is not strong enough to drive one direction. Either their, their desires are too strong, whatever the case may be. Whatever their driving issues is doesn't make a difference. They're not that strong. And I do realize, as the Bible points out, there are some people who are far stronger than others. I mean, you have, even Daniel quoted a quote about him, about even he was awesome. As awesome as he was, he can save himself. So he had a very strong, driven heart within inside him. Uh, uh, Job's went the same way. I think it's uh, Daniel, Job, Ezra, and I think, uh, is it, was it Ezra? I think it was Ezra. Yeah. Uh, those, so those three men, beside many times, Ezekiel points out, beside many times, if, 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 if those two men were alive, they'd save themselves. I mean, their hearts were so well-driven that it worked well for them. I mean, they were a very, very strong, driving spirit behind them that made them successful. God was with them, of course, but that's the process. They were very strong. Some are not so strong. Look at the other people, not with Daniel as three, as three friends, but other people who were captured along with Daniel. How strong were they? Well, they weren't. The first opportunity to eat the king's food, say, oh, sure, I'll eat that. Shove in the pork and the whatever else you would shove in my mouth. I'll eat that. Do they have a strong driving heart? No. They're a weak one. But then when his friends say, hey, uh, we're supposed to eat this stuff, but let us take care of ourselves. They, their, their drive was strong enough. They could withstand the temptations right there in front of them to pursue what was healthy for them for all their own personal bodies. So their strong driving heart, they had good command of their own flesh weaknesses too. So those are examples of some people are stronger, some people are weaker. It's okay. Messiah didn't try to address the strong ones. He said, I went to the ones who were sick, the weak ones. Address those who are weak, those who need the assistance along their driving mechanism, along their heart way to get the root cause problem addressed for them. He would address those. Not that he was disregarding of those who, need, who didn't need him. Meaning, sorry, that's the wrong word. He wasn't disregarding those who weren't sick. Everyone needs him. It was just those who weren't sick. It was just those who were, in fact, sick, the most sick, who needed the most amount of help. Does that make sense? So, so, so he was driving those who were the weakest, uh, driving attra- attack or address those in particular. Any questions about that top- topic so far? I don't think I'm going to go through the other topic, which I had written down today. Daniel, are, yeah. have, you, have you been in Hebrews what? Oh, te- 9 and 10. Okay, Hebrews 9 and 10. Uh, yes. Deborah was asking. Oh, sorry, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, that was Hebrews 9 through 10. Um, I did not go through 11. Uh, yes, Rose. When the uh, priest uh, went in once a year to atonement, uh, did he ever open 
the uh, Ark of the Covenant, or did he just go in and sprinkle blood? There's no indication of anyone ever opening the Ark of the Covenant. Sealed, it was never opened? There's no indication we opened it. doesn't mean it was ever opened, because it was opened at different, different people, but as far as the high priest ever doing so. So, for example, the instance of when the Ark was captured, uh, the Philistines have captured it, correctly, uh, during Eli's death, actually. And they opened and looked up inside. They're curious what it was. Oh, look at that. Stuff inside there. And they put it for their Dagon God, and the whole fell down, fell down. And then when it was brought back, I think it was like six or eight months later, whatever, it was brought back over the hill, over, over, back to Israel. And the people there, the first, first, uh, first farm it went to, they opened up and looked inside. And they all died. They all died. The ones in Philistines didn't die. This is why God killed them all. Like, oh, well, why would God do that, right? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> exactly. Ignorance is bliss. The Philistines had no clue it was some sacred thing. Something that they told, oh, they couldn't open look inside. They put stuff in it and such. In the case of the Israelites, they all knew what they shouldn't do. They all knew, don't touch that thing. That thing is not touch-worthy. Uh, you said the Philistines. Where's that at? Death of Eli. More coffee. Just specified opening it exactly. They just played with it. Is uh, Samuel. Samuel. First Samuel. Let's see Philistines with the ark. Let's see Eli's sons die. This is chapter five. Uh, let's see. They took the ark. They brought it to the cuts. God. They took. They set it in place again. He takes the ground, broken threshold, police. Roger with tumors, verse 6. Uh, this is. Uh, then what? They were, afraid, they were afraid of the ark. They said that the ark would be carried away to Gath, carried to Gath. Of course, Gath had a miserable time too. Tumors broke out in the ark. So his ark was the Ekron. Ekronites cried out, saying they brought the ark to God to Israel, thus to kill the people. Together, together, Philistines, God, let it be back to the place, no place. Uh, it didn't die. Let's see. Verse chapter 6. Uh, let's see, I'm scanning this thing. I'm try- I apologize. I'm, uh, let's see. If you send the ark, verse 3, if you send the ark to God, do not sit empty. By all means, return it with him as a trespass offering. Then you'll be healed and it will be known to you why this hand is removed from you. Verse 4. Is that what is the trespass offering, which we shall offer him? Five golden tumors, five golden rats, according to the number of the lords of Philistines, the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. You shall make an image of the tumors, image of your rats, of your land, and you shall, get, and you shall give glory to God of Israel. Perhaps he will enlighten his hand from you and your gods from your land. Why do you harden hearts? The Egyptians of Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he did mighty things among them. Do not let the people go. They might depart. Make a new cart. Take two milk cows, never been yoked. Hitch the cows on the cart, take their calves home and away with them. To the ark, set it in the cart, put the articles of gold which you were turning to him as a trespass offering in a, oh, in a chest. I apologize, in a chest by the side. I thought it was inside of it. I apologize. Verse 8. This is First uh, Samuel chapter 6, verse 8. First Samuel chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, this is uh, a trespass offering. I, 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 mis- I misrecall. I was thinking they put it inside the ark. They put it, they, I was incorrect. They put it in a chest next to the ark. And sent it away. So they didn't actually necessarily open it. I apologize. They may not have opened it. Because no, I, I was saying they put it inside the ark, but they doubted it. it was, I, was, I was remembering wrong. 
The Philistines may not have opened it. Doesn't no indicate they actually opened it. This is why it's verse. Continue on. Continue on in in verse uh, chapter six. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, gold, large stone. Oh, look at it. it's. Took two milk card calves, tumors. Here's the ark. They stood there. Star stone was there. Then he split the wood of the cart off of the cows. They took the ark of the Lord. Chest was in it with the articles of gold and put them on the star stone. And the Bishmash bird offerings. Five lords. Philistines seen it. They returned to Ekron. Let's see here. Let's scroll down. Okay, here it is. Uh, verse 19 of chapter 6 of First Samuel. Uh, let's see here. Then he, for God, struck them in Abishamish because they had looked into the ark of the Lord, and he struck 50,000 and 70, and the men of the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. So they looked inside of it. That was in First Samuel. First Samuel, that was chapter 6. That was looking into the ark of the covenant. I couldn't tell you why they opened it. I don't think it specifies why they opened it. They just opened it. And they point out First Samuel. First Samuel. I apologize. The Philistines didn't necessarily open it. It doesn't specify. They said they made a chest. But the, the Israelites opened it. And they should have known better. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, so, well, God points out to Aaron and when he killed his two sons that those who are closest to me I require more of. So you want to be close to God, we all want to be close to God, right? What they require of us? More. The closer you are to Him, the harder it's going to be on you. You have a, a minimum level of conduct. If you start getting too close, your minimum level of conduct rises with it. That's a hard place to be. I'm not saying it's a bad place to be, it's just a hard place to be. Uh, the whole the whole, we, 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 we won't go into revelations today about uh, as far as the, 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 the people themselves and who gets selected for different things. It's, it's recorded to, to Yom Kippur. The topic matter of Yom Kippur is covered in Revelation 6 and 7 as well as 14 and 22. And then again also in Ezekiel 9 and 10. So it's covered in Yom Kippur in those areas as far as how God selects and discusses individual people. And it's their internal conduct or internal strength that dictates where and what they are and how he uses them. Uh, the 144,000, the most common, you know, rattle off people, right? Those 144, oh, somebody had a hand up? Oh, yes, uh, Deborah, go ahead. Um, what did you say now? Ezekiel what and Revelation? Oh, oh, that was, so I was saying the examples given regarding uh, the, 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 the purpose or how Yom Kippur is utilized within our Bibles and on, on a physical level and spiritual level, other than what we covered already today, um, was, is in Revelations 6 and 7, as well as okay. 22, and, and, in Eze- and in Ezekiel 9. So those are Nine. all those okay. chapter 6, Revelation 6, Revelation chapter 7, chapter 14, chapter 22, and Ezekiel 9. Those cover these topics as far as how, how God sees and utilizes a Yom Kippur on a spiritual realm of people 
And he uses the metric, the measure, certain measuring tools to do it. So in a case of, yeah. of, 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 six, in particular, it's focused on, uh, uh, you are granted cleanliness. You are granted by mm-hmm. the gift of God to be clean. Uh, for, 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 your death. So you basically, in those cases, you died because your belief, they killed you. Someone killed you for it. And that brought cleanliness to you. But you that was your driving heart was strong. Let's go back to our example earlier. The driving heart. I want to get that way, that, that direction, that way. By the way, to get from here to there, there's a flaming sword that's going to slop my head off. What do I do? Keep driving. What kind of purpose person am I if I do that? An extremely well-driven person. Daniel's three friends, remember? I'm driving there. What's in, what's in front of me? A furnace going to burn me to pieces. I drive anyway. Keep going. So their hearts were strong. So, so, so the individuals who died for their belief and function of God, that is a very, in knowing full well they're going to die doing it, that's a very strong, driven individual. That's a good person. And those, of course, given white, th- white robes and such. It, it, I won't go through all of it because I don't have time to go through all of it. But then it also, there's also the separate groups of the, of the, of the sealed ones. The 140,000 are sealed. They were sealed for a different purpose, a different methodology. And they were sealed according to Ezekiel for, for their, for their, the, because they know what's right and wrong and they themselves conduct their lives right and wrong, but the world around them does not. And they are frustrated internally and conflicted, not because they are desiring to do bad things, but the first is that their good conduct cannot seem to influence the world around them that is falling apart. No matter how much they teach, speak, talk, yell, and scream, it doesn't change anything. Those are different group of people. But the same, those are, those are driven people, not because there's a, a sword in front of them or a fiery furnace in front of them, but rather because there is a world against them in front of them. There's, there's a world who hates them because of it. That's what they're, they're, they're fighting against that. So there's the different groupings, how God measures your heart along the way, your driving spirit behind, along the way, what's driving you and how he uses it and utilizes people in different capacities. Because as mentioned earlier, every person has a weakness and a strength. Some of us are stronger, some of us are weaker. We all have our function. We won't go through all those verses because it's not time to do it for today. Any comments or questions regarding the, our, our Yom Kippur discussion, our topic that we covered? I don't want to spend too much time. I know we are not eating and such, so it gets people, um, my mind goes in a week. I don't know about the rest of you. I only think so, so hard and I stop thinking so well. But yes, Jeff. So with uh, Bob the high Bob, priest. Yes. So Bob the high priest keeps uh, picking those black stones. Does that make him Beelzebub? Yeah. <laughs> hey, heck, you're <laughs> uh, All right. Any other comments or questions? <laughs> All right, we'll, conclu- we'll conclude with a prayer then. Almighty God, great Father, thank you for our Yom Kippur service, a time which we can focus our attention upon our internal weaknesses and our failures and our strength and trust in you. That you will drive with us, Father. You will have our hearts and our minds and our, our bodies near you. Where you have done what cannot be done by anybody else. You have done what no one else can do. For you have forgiven us and granted us to live and to live a life full of meaning and purpose, Father, to be good servants to you and to the people around us. We ask you to bless us and bless us as good examples to our families and our loved ones and the world out there, Father. The world also struggles 
both both good and bad, but they struggle. Help us to struggle with them for the positive, for the good. Help us, Father, to observe and see the, the failures around us and not worry about them, for our failures are not our defining moment. Our defining moment, Father, is how we drive through them, to get through our, with our spiritual strength with you, how to get through our weaknesses to, to improve, to make a life of meaning and of value, to not delay and waste your time, but rather worship and praise you for your time. We ask you to help us to always remember that it is you who are responsible with us, Father. We're not alone. We ask you to bless us the rest of our time together, the rest of our enjoyment of our Yom Kippur. We praise you, Father, and ask your blessing in Yeshua's name. Amen. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship. If you would like to hear more discussions or if you have any questions, visit the website at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel dot info.